You're listening to the Beside the Badge podcast with your host, Paul Bunker, veteran chaplain and friend to law enforcement. Welcome back to another episode of Beside the Badge. I have got an exciting week ahead and I wanted to share it with you. So first and foremost, um, let's see, where do we even start? Um, I got my first patch in, which I'm really excited about. I can't wait to build this patch wall. So let's get this up where we can see it. This is an Ohio uh, deputy sheriff patch. I learned a lot uh, actually talking to a gentleman by the name of Joe. He's a uh, retired law enforcement, still carries a reserve commission. Uh, he is uh, used to be sheriff up that way and uh, was sheriff in Gallia County a number of years ago. And uh, so, Joe, shout out to you. Thank you for the challenge. Queen. This is one of those first fruit things. Um, this is my first patch I've received because of the podcast. So super exciting. Cannot wait to get it up on my podcast wall. If you are listening to this, that didn't make much sense to you at all, did it? But uh, I just showed off a really, really cool challenge coin and a deputy sheriff patch. And so if you've never seen the podcast and you only listen to it, you can check it out on YouTube. I'm actually building a really neat wall behind me as I build out my soundproofing. There's actually room uh, on these panels and what have you for people's names and locations, uh, patches, uh, cool things I've come across. And I build a set out behind me that actually has a lot to do with my personality, interests that I've had, that I have, things that have happened to me. Uh, that have ended up on that wall. And uh, so if you're listening to this, again, it's a little bit hard to envision this, but behind me, there's a wall. And uh, I actually have uh, a picture up here on the wall that I took uh, while I was doing a photography walk. And uh, the the famous photographer, Joel Grimes, calls it platography. I went out and was just walking around with my camera and found this amazing little footbridge and uh, just walking in an old WPA uh, stone ditch, uh, drainage ditch, and found this old, amazing piece of Americana. So anyway, I uh, that was actually the first picture that I loved enough I had to frame it. So I wanted to talk about that patch. Uh, Joe, thank you for sending that to me. I cannot wait to get you on my wall. I have a, um, a flag behind me, or flag, I have the, the U.S. Uh, continental uh, nation behind me uh, cut out of a um, cork board. I ordered that off of Amazon, and uh, I really, really like it. Uh, I'll have to get uh, Hawaii and Alaska figured out when, when somebody contacts me and says, hey, I'm totally listening in Hawaii or Alaska, and you don't have any way to track where I'm at. So a couple of cool things, and then we'll get down to business. Um, uh, very excited about the patches. Uh, if you want to contact me through uh, Facebook, I'm on the Facebooks. Uh, and you want to let me know uh, that you want to send a patch, I can get you a mailing address and uh, we can get your patch up on the wall. Just make sure it doesn't have anything vulgar on it because I can't put that up behind me. And uh, so there's that. Also, I would love to know where you're listening from. So if you are law enforcement, current or retired, uh, please contact me. Uh, get on the Facebooks or get a hold of me Um uh, through various other social media. You can uh, leave a message on YouTube. Um, and I even have an email address. It's uh, beside the badge podcast at gmail.com. And uh, let me know uh, where you're listening from, if you are a private citizen or if you are law enforcement. And I will try to get the exact location up here on this wall behind me. It's really, really neat to know that uh, people are listening. I'm looking forward to having folks listening in every part of the country. So 
very, very cool things going on this week I wanted to share with you. Uh, and there's things that you can do, whether you are a private citizen or law enforcement, to encourage the officers around you. So one of our officers in our area was involved in a really, really bad altercation, absolutely showed his true colors, a very phenomenal officer, uh, and handled his business. Uh, but uh, obviously there is, um, there's things you have to go through when things like that happen. And his fellow officers and myself, we really care about this guy. So, uh, this was recorded in late 2020. And during this time, uh, during what we are calling the pandemic, during, um, during, uh, this time of political, uh, upheaval, uh, coming up on an election, it's odd and interesting how that happens. It is actually hard to find ammunition and it is hard to find parts for firearms. Well, I was riding with this young man one night. He's a great guy. And as I'm riding with him, uh, he mentioned the fact that he did not have a, um, a patrol rifle. And he was wishing that the gentleman who had driven the car before him had, had left his rifle in the vehicle because there was someone in the area who was considered armed and dangerous. And, uh, and he wished he had a rifle. And I kind of put that away in the back of my head. He wasn't asking for anything. Um, and, and so it took us about three weeks was how hard it was. And anybody who's ever put an AR rifle together, typically the parts ship in, you put the thing together and life is good. It was incredibly hard. It was by the grace of God that we got him parts. A lot of these things are unobtainium right now. You just can't get them. And so the final part was the BCG, the bolt carrier group. We got this thing put together for him and presented it to him. Uh, got with his chief. His chief loved the idea. So he now personally has an AR pistol set up, which is nice because it's maneuverable inside of his vehicle. And it gives him mag interchangeability with other officers from other departments because it is a 5.5 six rifle. So uh, that just floored him. And I love doing things like that. Um, that is part of my mission. That is part of what I do beside the badge. And I love it when other people jump in. Um, I actually have seen a movement in my area. I started a thing in my area called Southwest Missouri Adopt-A-Cop close to a decade ago. And when I started it, um, it, a lot of it was me. I was going around beating the drum, talking to people. And then I noticed recently in the last year, somebody started a group. And um, it literally was named after the county I'm in and the word Adopt-A-Cop, uh, completely separate from me. I mean, I'm not the person who coined the phrase Adopt-A-Cop. And they were giving uh, like gift baskets to various officers saying, hey, thank you, please don't leave us in our time of need right now because uh, the press and the social medias are poo-pooing on law enforcement. I'm actually seeing a wonderful shift in a positive direction though as more and more people are, are making that move. I was at church Sunday talking to the deputy at the door and I'm part of my church's security detail and um, had, had already been to my service and had gotten fed and was helping to watch over the flock for the next two. And as this was going on, um, somebody walked by and offered a fist bump and a thank you to the deputy at the door. And I told him, I said, I love it. The, the, the silent majority is starting to speak up and he, he had to agree with me. So, um, we were able to get that officer for that, or that officer. We were able to get that young man, that gentleman, uh, a rifle, which is something he can use, whether it's for defending his home or he can use while on patrol and he owns it personally. And if, if you come from a big, uh, very nicely equipped department, you probably, it's hard to imagine having to bring your own equipment to, you know, to a smaller department. I've, I've been at locations where a call goes out for backup and like six officers show up, Wah! like magic. And there ain't nothing bad going to go down. Or if it does, I would be impressed. 
I'm used to small town, you know, back roads areas and uh, where there's a lot of nobody and you get out there and there may be seven or eight people at, at a house that are angry with each other and fighting and there's, you know, drunk stuff going on and somebody pulled a knife and you are the only person that shows up and you may be the only person for a while. It's very much one riot, one ranger. So uh, we're actually going to also take this officer to uh, a class tonight. It is uh, intro to defensive pistol from one of my favorite instructors. And uh, so he's going to be going. I'm going to be going as well. For me, it's a refresher. And uh, he will also get to go to a um, intro to defensive carbine class. And one of the things that I have found over time, there's a lot of excellent academies, but you also have situations where maybe, maybe there's a lo local instructor who is far better than what the academy has, or maybe there's a local instructor who go, is able to go a lot more in depth with a smaller class. And that's, that's a very true thing that maybe you've got some high speed instructors in your, in your um, area for your police academy, but they can't spend the quality time with that individual officer. I've seen officers graduate with subpar um, firearm skills because of things like that. So this officer is going to get to go. I'm going to get to go. And I, I take and retake this intro to defensive uh, pistol class about once a year. And uh, I've gone from carrying on my hip over about 334 o'clock on my hip to carrying appendix. This will be the first class that I've gone to where I'm carrying appendix. I've gone to these classes um, uh, and, and practiced open carry. I've practiced at another time. I've practiced from concealment, drawing from concealment. Um, this will be my first class attending there where I am drawing from concealment. Uh, and I'm actually drawing from appendix and firing. And uh, and I'll go through all of the same fundamentals again. You know, there's there's no such thing really as as advanced firearms training so much as it is deeper and deeper understandings of the fundamentals. And uh, if you don't have those fundamentals down, so that's one of the things I love about the culture that we're building here in my area is a culture of wanting to train, wanting to go deeper. And if you're at a department that's high speed and, and already doing that, that's awesome. I love it. Um, a lot of folks aren't. Um, if you are, if you are somebody who already goes out and trains and continues to train, you're smart and you're wise to do so. Maybe you grew up in a gun family and you, and you plink on the weekends. That's good to do. Um, you can't train enough for a job that can get you killed, right? You can't train too much for a job that can get you killed. So we're going to go tonight. And I was actually talking to, uh, another officer. Um, he's the chief of a small town. And uh, I'm quite fond of this guy, quite close to him. And, and I was out helping him with some various things and riding with his department. And this class came up last week. We were talking and I said, you know, you should really go. Well, he contacted his mayor. And this is this is what I love about having a mayor get involved in the lives, uh, you know, a city council get involved in the lives of their officers. So chief calls the, the mayor and says, hey, um, I'd like to go up to this class. And before he can hardly tell the, the mayor about the class, the mayor says, I will pay for the class out of my own pocket. I will send you guys to this class. Um, you will go in uniform on duty because in a, in a police cruiser, because I want you guys to go and I, I want you guys to continue to train. That is the kind of buy-in that we need. Now, now that, that can be de-escalation training, that can be taser training, that can be, you know, any, any number of non-lethals, that can be surviving the ambush training, um, that can be firearms training, hand-to-hand, -hand knife defense, whatever, um, EVOC training, you know, for defensive driving and so forth. 
Um, but whatever that looks like, that's an amazing buy-in. And this is this is a small town from Brokeville, USA, and the mayor has that level of buy-in. Excuse me, that gets that gets me right where I live. And so, wow, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. I love that. And so, I will be attending this class. This guy does fairly small classes, and um, at TriPoint Tactical, and we'll be there tonight. And so the exciting thing about that is I will actually be shooting with three officers, training alongside three officers that I care very deeply about. And uh, so I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then we'll talk about some more things uh, that are on my heart. So uh, first off, uh, Gentle Response is one of our sponsors and uh, John Lee O'Reilly, an amazing guy. And uh, I have talked about this before. If you've heard me say this once, um, you've heard me say it seven or eight other times uh, that you win 100% of the fights that you don't have to fight. And being able to de-escalate a situation is uh, crucial. Uh, secondly, got your six coffee. I'm literally sitting here with it next to me. I love this coffee. Coffee sip break. Oh, yeah. And I'm actually going to see my buddy Eric Hadley with Got Your Six Coffee this weekend. Uh, got some exciting things I'll be talking about here in a minute uh, going on, but I'll be seeing him this weekend. Haven't seen him in a couple of months. Catching up on everything that he is doing to help people who don a uniform of service and protect us every day. He and I are on the same mission, and uh, I'm very fond of that gentleman and what he does. They take their net profits and they give them away. Past what it costs to survive, they give them away. And uh, that's amazing to me. They change a life. Uh, they say that there's purpose in every cup, and they are not kidding. And then finally, Shield Force International, my buddy Matt Combs, uh, a, an incredible instructor and a good friend, um, somebody I would definitely want to have my back in a fight, whether it was throwing lead or throwing hands. And uh, Matt with Shield Force International does a lot of training in, in is law enforcement, has an incredible, incredible background, uh, a lot of different certifications and, and can train on any number of topics and uh, is just a good person. And uh, he so if you're needing like um, if you're needing survive the ambush training or any number of other things, knife defense training, any number of hand to hand tactics, he can get down and dirty and train well. And uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, so those are my three sponsors. We'll get back down to business. Um, one of the things that I love about training uh, alongside the people that I care about is um, most of the training that academies in this region put out there is it's uh, standing and shooting. There's going to be there's going to be so much training that a person can take past that, and a lot of these smaller departments that we have they don't have this huge budget. So if you're John Q. Public, if you're a private citizen and you're listening to this, um, you really should be building relationships with people. And if you have an opportunity where you're like, hey, this is a high speed instructor, and maybe some of us, maybe our church, maybe our our group, maybe I would like to pay to send an officer to this training. Um, is there is there something that you really wish you had a budget for? And um, I've talked in previous episodes about building relationships from a from your church towards law enforcement, offering them a place to train, offering them a place to do their um, to do their active shooter drills. It is a great way to build relationships with law enforcement, and then um, being actually moving and shooting. This is crucial. If you're if you're an officer, maybe maybe even getting into shooting competitively. 
And uh, I actually have a friend that came out of the academy, was not happy with where his firearm skills were, ended up, um, uh, his chief got him in touch with me. We started uh, practicing together and I started showing him some of the stuff I've trained on. And uh, he started leveling up. I actually paid for him to go through a class. We went through the class together and we ranked uh, pretty high up in the class together. It was a lot of moving and shooting and different things like that. And it it was far beyond what he had actually uh, received training-wise at his particular academy. And uh, so very, very exciting. And uh, um, he has actually come over and practiced with me. I've got some private property and in my area, thank God, they honor the Constitution and we're allowed to fire our guns on our property. I've got a, a safe uh, rural private range to do so. And uh, I, have the, uh, I have the honor uh, on this range, I made a particular uh, young man throw up one day because we were running uh, almost uh, burpee style uh, side to side and then drawing and shooting to induce uh, by heart rate to induce stress. And uh, I had a particular young man that was running with me and um, and me in my 40s, I think I was in my late 30s at the time, him in his early 20s, made me feel pretty good. I didn't throw up and he did. If you're listening, buddy, I love you. And uh, but moving, shooting, reloading, malfunction drills, uh, those kinds of things are very, very good to do. And if you don't have an area that you can do that kind of live fire practice and you're in law enforcement, you can do it with airsoft and uh, you can get your vehicles out there uh, shooting at night, uh, shooting with your lights going. If your red and blues are going, I have actually seen targets appear to move four to five feet side to side if you've never shot at night. Uh, that can be a bad deal. Um, I took a, uh, it was a low light pistol class with uh, TriPoint Tactical, and that was an eye opener and uh, taught me a lot about where to put if if I have my backup flashlight out, where to put it. And uh, I actually now carry a backup flashlight on me, and then I carry a WMLA weapon mounted light on my on my private citizen sidearm. Uh, but it taught me a lot about shooting at night and what you can and can't see and uh, a lot of thoughts uh, that was definitely worth the price of admission. I've had those little gold nuggets handed to me uh, and I'm like, wow, that's good stuff. That That is to me, I've literally walked out of classes before and one thought that I've received was worth the entire class. And so I wanted to talk just briefly about um, two or three of the different instructors I've worked with over the years that I've trained with. So I talked about TriPoint Tactical. My buddy Alvin Bowen, he's in the Joplin, Missouri area. And of course, you got to figure I'm in the southwest Missouri area, but this guy will travel, works with a lot of different groups, whether it's uh, law enforcement training or uh, or for churches and uh, has a strong background and uh, has definitely blessed me over the years. I've learned a lot from Alvin Bowen. He's become not just an instructor, but a mentor and a friend. And then um, I went to uh, a class with um, Downtown Tactical out of Springfield. This gentleman has an Air Force background, has actually spent time as a contractor, and you can you can follow these guys on social media. So you know if you're if you're uh, willing, and I would love for you to do so, please go out there and do this for me. Uh, go out there and follow them on social media. Look for Downtown Tactical. Um, they actually do a like a live uh, video podcast of their own, and uh, look for TriPoint Tactical on the Facebooks. And uh, then also remember, got your six coffee and remember gentle response. They are on social media as well. Um, Downtown Tactical, I went through a, um, a handgun class with them and you're down in the dirt, laying on your back, rolling side to side, 
up, bounding, um, moving between targets. Um, you are uh, for this particular class and they're inducing a lot of stress in you. And I absolutely loved it because if you can train under that level of stress, you can perform under that level of stress. And I have been in more than my fair share of life or death um, situations as a private citizen, as someone who does executive protection uh, and backing police officers, whether whether I was driving by and looked at the officer and they make this motion like get over here or I have been on a ride along and something has gone sideways. There are bad people and bad people tend to do bad things. And uh, I have backed officers any number of times. So I'm definitely a unicorn. The average person might have one or two things in their life that happens to them or around them that is life-threatening. Um, my life is definitely different than that. <laughs> and uh, I've had some situations that I've actually called my instructors, my, my, my three favorite instructors that I've spent the most time with and said, hey, um, wow, thank you. That thing that you taught me saved my bacon today. And um, so I think that's an important thing. I think these instructors need to need to hear that, hey, that thing that you taught me, that mindset, that movement, that that reload, that whatever, that saved my, my backside today. And uh, with Downtown Tactical, they induce a lot of stress. And I forget how many guys, there wasn't 20 guys that went through the class with me, but you partner up and you bound and you communicate and you do reloads and they, they stand over the top of you and yell. And of course, you've got the, the instructor and the range safety officer that are working with you on on that and that was an incredible that was an incredible class it's a very very high speed and i leveled up and that's the kind of thing if you're in law enforcement or you're a high-speed private citizen that wants to protect your family uh, you need to be training and uh, i have actually sacrificed safe queens um, I'm, I'm a big guy on upgrading my software in my brain uh, more than my hardware and actually this year in 2020 I've upgraded my software to the point that my hardware, uh, it was time. And so I've actually been getting some more high-speed gear. I've never been that guy that has to have all of the cool guy stuff. Uh, but I have been the guy that can pick up the cool guy stuff and run it oftentimes better than the guy who owns it. And that's not an arrogance thing. That's a, I've been blessed to train with some high-speed individuals thing. And so I've always been that guy. What is it that uh, Sam Elliott said in Weaver Soldiers? When the time comes, there'll be plenty of rifles laying on the ground or something to that effect. Um, I've always been that guy that was like, I'm less interested in the high speed gear than I am in the training. And I have leveled up my training to the point that in 2020, I'm like, you know, it's time to level up some of my gear. And it's been harder to get to classes this year. But very quickly, uh, and not to belabor the point too much, I have actually spent... Um, a small fortune on training. And I will tell you, a lot of us get into firearms, whether it's law enforcement or private citizens, we get into training. And when we uh, get into training, we get into firearms. And some people who are in law enforcement, they're not firearms guys and gals. They just, they carry a sidearm. They have a, a shotgun or a rifle in their vehicle, but that's it. They're not, it's not a, it's not a passion for them. And for me, I grew up in a gun culture. Um, I was not raised around handguns, but I was raised around long guns. And that was always a part of our lives. They were there for home defense. It was part of our culture. A lot of family and friends hunted. I've never been a big hunter. I've always killed paper. I've shot targets. But um, I think I'm way too ADD to sit in a tree stand. <laughs> you know, and I just, to me, hunting all day for something is boring. So that's just how my brain works. I've got other things I'd rather do. But I grew up in a culture that that was common. A lot of, maybe, maybe you didn't. But training can literally save your life. And that seems like a no-brainer, but, but a lot of us don't stop and think about that. And being willing to sacrifice a safe queen or 
or say, you know, I don't need a 60-inch TV, but what I do need is really, really good hand-to-hand -hand skills. Or, you know, I could go out and do this thing as a hobby, but what I really should be doing is practicing jujitsu. And I'm the kind of guy, I do a lot of leveling up, and I'm trying to build a better pole. And so um, this, this year and this coming year, um, I'm going to start running. There's some reasons coming down the pipe I'll tell you about later. Uh, that I'm, gonna, I'm actually working on running. I'm in my 40s. At the time of this recording, I'm 42 years old. And uh, I uh, am in the best shape of my life. I've never been in the condition I'm in. In my mid-20s, I wasn't as strong as I am in my 40s. And I'm healthier. And definitely, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very happily married. been married for 17 years. A lot of good things going on. Uh, continuing to level up as a person. And I want to carry this level of physical fitness, God willing, into my 60s. And I know there will come a point where I can't anymore, but I'm not going out without a fight. Nobody gets out of life. Uh, you know, everybody dies on this earth. Nobody gets out without dying. But you know what? I ain't going without a fight. I'm going to be healthy. And for as long as I can, I'm going to stay in that fight for my family. I can't protect my family. I can't mentor my my son and my and my stepkids. I can't do that without um, without being healthy because I can't go the distance for them. So to come back just briefly to training, uh, and I'll talk some more about Shield Force International, um, be willing to sacrifice a safe queen. Um, I'm not a big credit card guy. You'll, you'll learn more about me. I'm kind of a, a Dave Ramsey-ite. Um, I'm not big on credit cards, but if you're going to put something on a credit card, um, maybe it shouldn't be a toy. Maybe it should be training and get that training down pat. If you have to work a side gig and mow lawns to pay for your training, Whatever gets you home to your family that night, if you need to go put that de-escalation training and you have to pay for it yourself, do it. If it doesn't count for your, in Missouri we call it post, if it doesn't count for your post hours, your continuing education hours, so what? Get yourself leveled up. A lot of times in the, in the fraternity mindset uh, that is around law enforcement, you hear conversations where people are like, oh, I've got this latest cool guy gear. And I, I uh, came up with this term, and you'll see it if you're watching this behind me on the wall. Uh, it says practical on a patch. And I coined this phrase practical, that practical over tactical. These guys run out, these gals run out, and they get the cool guy, the cool gal gear. Uh, and that's fine. But do you know how to use it really, really well? And I've seen people who cannot run the rifle that they bought. They, they literally have bought a rifle and don't know how to actually really operate it. And I would rather have an okay rifle and high-speed training than a high-speed rifle and be laying there dead with my cool guy gear. And uh, I can't remember who it was. There was a guy in the Special Forces world that used to say something to the effect of, there'll be many, of a, per many a person when the balloon goes up, when the bad time comes. Uh, lying dead on the ground from a 25 cent bullet. Uh, they'll be very embarrassed to die that way with their $10,000 worth of gear. Um, and I probably butchered that quote. Can't remember who said it, but it left an indelible mark on my psyche because I was like, yeah, absolutely. I would rather have mid-level gear that's solid and won't fail me than the bling, cool guy, Gucci gear, but not know how to operate in it and function. And uh, so I want to talk about Shield Force International and then something cool that's going to happen this weekend uh, that I'm looking forward to. So Shield Force International, my buddy Matt Combs, one of my sponsors, I've talked about him. One of the things that he does is he does executive protection training and uh, has a background in executive protection. And 
One of the things, whether you're close enough to get, and I would encourage you to travel across the country uh, to get to his training, a guy actually flew down from Washington State, I believe, and went through a class with me, pretty high-speed dude, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, hey, shout out to you, buddy. But he, he actually flew down to take one of Matt's uh, executive protection classes. Executive protection is an entirely different world and mindset, and the reason I'm mentioning it to law enforcement, and if you're a private citizen, something to think about, Law enforcement, you you go, you grab the bad guy, you put him in handcuffs, you haul him off. Uh, the military, you you set up an ambush, you, you you fight your way through a building, you take out the bad guy. Maybe they get bio cuffed, they get you know they get zip cuffed and hauled out of there, but probably not. Um, executive protection is an entirely different mindset. How far is your vehicle behind the vehicle in front of you? Can you swerve around that vehicle? Can you see the bottom of their tires over your hood? If you can't, you can't get around them. These are good things for law enforcement to think about. And maybe your EVOC training covered that. Maybe it didn't. Um, you know, where is the exit in the building? Where are you sitting? Are you sitting in a booth? If you're law enforcement and you're sitting in a booth, that is a great way to get yourself in trouble. You may not be able to draw your weapon and get it up in time if somebody comes in to ambush you. You know, again, how close are you to the exit? What can you see? Obviously, a lot of us don't sit with our backs to the door that are that are in the tactical trained community. But... Um, it changes the way you look at protecting your family. It changes the way I look at protecting my church. I have been through multiple executive protection training uh, courses um, and am actually looking forward to some advanced training. It is an entirely different mindset. And I will tell you, when I go out with law enforcement as their chaplain, I think executive protection training. And I don't know how many times I'm looking outside of the scene and uh, law enforcement training largely is looking inside of the scene. The threat is perceived to be directly inside of the scene. And with, with, good, with good situational awareness, you can probably observe something, but somebody needs to have their head on a swivel and be looking around for another problem coming in. And I don't know how many times I have been with, with my executive trained mind, I have been at the scene of something and called the officer's name and nodded or pointed at danger that was coming in. Uh, a guy charging in from the side that was there to, he he wanted to settle the score because one of his family members was involved in this domestic and he was going to tackle a cop to get to the person he wanted to get to and ended up having a taser. Uh, even the officer didn't even have to draw it, as I recall. He actually just, the officer laid his hand on the taser and the guy stopped. Um, that stuff happens. I've seen people do sleight of hand and try to hide things. And I've called that to the attention of the officer and been like, Hey, he just handed her something. She put it in her right front pocket. And, um, executive protection training has completely changed the way I look at things, including protecting my wife and shout out to the guys and gals listening to this in law enforcement, how you protect your family when you're in public is really not something that the Academy covers. If your Academy covered that at length, I'd love to know about it because I've never heard of it. And um, just absolutely an incredible situation there. And uh, like, wow. And uh, so then um, it changes the way, again, with your family. It changes the way you think about things. My wife turned to me recently. We had had some unrest that's been ripping through the country. And she was asking me, hey, if we're out and something happens, what do you want me to do? Um, that had become a real thing to her. Um, and when it, when it kind of arrives in your town or it's coming through and you're hearing about it, sometimes it becomes more real to a person. And she's like, what do you want me to do? And I explained to her how I would handle a situation, what I would do. I would get her away from it. And if I'm out with my wife, 
I'm not running to the sound of the guns. Now I'm a private citizen. I'm not law enforcement, but at that point, um, I'm going to get my wife out of there. My job is I'm primary to protect her. I'm, I'm the, the guy that's going to get my wife to safety. And I've got buddies that have gone through executive protection training that are law enforcement that are like, holy cow, it has completely changed the way I operate off duty with my spouse, with my family, when I'm at church, when I'm out with just buddies. Um, okay, this person is the person I'm protecting. And so that changes the way that they think about things. And let's face it, you guys and gals in law enforcement that are listening to this, you know that sometimes you encounter bad people in public. I, I had a situation where a guy that I fought to protect an officer, he was mean mugging me at a, a store. I was in a parking lot. I was talking to my mama. And so I'm standing there talking to my mom and she's 30 years older than me. As I'm standing there talking to her, she's facing me. He's across the parking lot mean mugging me. And I'm like, Hey, do me a favor. Don't look back. And of course, instantly, that's human nature to try to look back. I'm like, no, 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 look at me. This guy does not need to know what you look like. I don't want him to encounter you when you're by yourself. And so at that point, she's like, oh, okay. And so I'm looking at this guy. He's looking at me. He realizes I'm not afraid of him. He goes on. And that stuff is very, very real. I'm thinking, okay, if, if he does this, I'm going to get her to this vehicle. We're going to leave. I'll come back and get my vehicle later. That kind of thing was going through my head, executive protection training. And by the way, it can be good side money. And by the way, when you're looking for an exit strategy from law enforcement, you've done your 20 or 25, you've done your bit for king and country, um, and you're looking for something after that, uh, this is a very viable option to get into executive protection. It's good side money. And a lot of times there's gigs available that real actually require, even at the federal level, you have to be um, current military, current or retired law enforcement or former SF to even get these gigs. So that kind of stuff is out there. And then very quickly, because I've gone about 10 minutes more uh, longer than I normally do, uh, talking about training and different things like this. Uh, this weekend, I have a really neat opportunity. So um, some of you may know, some of you may not know, I actually have uh, a long-standing friendship with a group called the Church Safety Guys. And we have a podcast with that. And uh, I'm actually going to be meeting uh, James McGarvey and uh, Mike Scully this weekend for the very first time. Very, very excited about that. Um, if you've ever had a very deep friendship that formed over the internet, long distance, we've, we've video chatted, we've talked on the phone, we've never met. And so we have this deep friendship where um, we do a lot with our churches to make sure that our flocks are protected. There's a lot of uh, domestic spillover, as Dan Blevins with uh, with uh, Church Security Through Prevention says, um, that, that comes into churches, people that are looking to change their lives, and maybe they show up and they're having problems. There's a lot of things that happen around churches that people don't realize. Um, and uh, so we're going to meet this weekend. They are actually taking Matt Combs with Shield Force International's uh, executive protection training. And I'm very excited about that. I have taken several of these courses. It's going to be their first time through. I cannot wait to compare notes once they're done. So I'm actually, this weekend is going to be very exciting. I'm going to be visiting with my buddy, Eric Hadley with Got Your Six Coffee. And then I am going to be meeting my friends with the church safety guys for the very, very first time. So to recap quickly, um, if you are listening to this, let me know where you are from. If you're a law enforcement or private citizen, I want to get a little pin in my map so that I know where you are uh, as my listenership grows. Uh, if you have a departmental patch that you'd like to send me, 
uh, I can get you a, a PO box to send that to. And um, if you're a private citizen and you're looking to see what you can do to help law enforcement or you're just an officer and you're like, hey, what a neat idea. I could actually, I could help another officer. Maybe I'm from a small area. There's 25, 30,000 people in my entire county um, that, oh, wow, I could actually help uh, my, my other fellow officers to get patrol rifles or equipment that they need. Um, I've had people donate entire uh, duty belts and I walked into a sheriff's department one time carrying a duty belt as a private citizen, walked in the door. They all knew me and guys were descending. Gals were descending on that duty belt as I walked in going, hey, Buckner, is that like up for grabs? And stuff was coming off the duty belt. I kind of felt like a like a piece of red meat thrown into water with piranhas. And uh, it was flying off left and right. And I didn't even make it to the counter before most of it was gone. That's what that's what I wanted. Um, duty gear gets damaged over time. Mag holsters or pepper spray holsters or whatever it is. Um, you know, sidearm actually duty weapon holsters get damaged. And they get scratched up and and permanently ruined. Okay, uh, but you know what? Um, we can help maybe replace that. And uh, the Lord has definitely opened up doors for me to do that. And if you are out there as law enforcement or a private citizen, there are things like that you can help with as you build relationships. Uh, and then uh, I think that's a pretty decent recap. Uh, do me a favor and check us out on social media. If you have a Gmail account uh, or a YouTube account, will you please go out and check out the Beside the Badge podcast on the YouTubes and uh, and subscribe. That helps get our numbers up, which makes us more reachable for folks. If this podcast means something to you, will you please share this? I want to reach as many officers and private citizens as possible about what folks go through uh, behind the badge. Uh, that is my journey beside the badge. So I'm going to pray us out. I always pray out an episode uh, and ask for protection for our officers out there. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for every person that hears this, Lord God. I ask that you would protect all, all the officers that are hearing this, Lord God. I, I lift them up to you. I ask that you'd not only draw them closer to you, but protect them, guide them home to their families, help them to find all the coping mechanisms for the stress and the and the opportunities for career advancement. Help them to be the officer that they want to be. Uh, help them to be the officer, the best version of themselves that they can be. Uh, and Lord God, I ask that you would, when the, when the day of when the day comes, when the danger is there, that you would even bend the bullets around them, that you would cause the bad guy to stumble, their aim to not be true, that you would protect them from ambushes that come against them, Lord God, that you would strengthen them and guide them and protect them. We ask this in the one name that makes it possible in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I will see you on our next episode. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Beside the Badge podcast. Stay safe out there and be sure to subscribe and share this podcast.